everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Last week, we talked about being at the beach, and Jesus was at the beach, the Jordan, and came and, and asked John, the baptizer, to baptize him. And a picture of, of that for all of us is, is simple. We all need to take a, a first step. That, that's really what we want to do. We want to take that first step uh, leading into Jesus' ministry. It was the first step that, of the history of that moment or that spot. John definitely had a spot in mind. It was the first step uh, of the people of God that were, were moving into the promised land. It was the first step. And so for us, getting baptized by immersion, uh, which is how Jesus was baptized, is a good first step. It's a good first step. But being dunked, which is what the word baptism means, being dunked and, and taking that step. And so um, I want to just pose the question to you, and then I'll revisit it again at the end. Do, who wants to get baptized? Uh, who wants to get baptized? I'm prepared, what I'm wearing right here now, to baptize whoever feels led to get baptized. I brought some towels with me, so we can do that at the end if, you're, if you want to make that decision. So we'll, I'll revisit that, but that's a good first step for all of us. If you've never, never uh, been baptized by immersion, that, that, that would be a good first step for, for all of us. Maybe you've been baptized before, and, and that's an awesome thing. That's amazing. What a picture that shows, right? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's why we baptize by immersion. It shows that picture. It was, a, it was a personal demonstration that Jesus was giving of what he did for us, that he died for us, that he was buried, which means he was immersed in our sin, um, but yet also immersed in, a, in grace and in love and kindness and forgiveness for all of us. Uh, but yet, just like the wa- water can't hold you down, uh, death uh, and the grave can't hold Jesus down, and he came up out of the water to show the picture of the resurrection. And so, uh, man, if you want to take that first step uh, today, today, I wouldn't even think about it too much other than you have like a few minutes when I, you know, as I'm talking uh, to think about it. But man, I would love to do that. Love to, love to baptize you today. We already are planning on baptizing uh, at least one person in the next uh, couple, couple weeks. Somebody emailed me uh, this week and said, I'd love to get baptized and, and take that first step. So that that's amazing. Uh, that's pretty incredible. But for, for some of you, maybe most of you, um, it's just about t- taking a fresh start or taking a fresh start. That's really what it's about for you, making a fresh start in your life. And, and this is a series that we are thinking about when we're thinking about, you know, making a fresh start is, is this is what this, these things look like, starting with that first step. Um, and, and going from there. Maybe for you, it's, t- it's making that uh, fresh start. Some of you know who this guy is. Um, you, you're familiar with, with him. Uh, that's George Washington. I think you, everybody knows uh, who George Washington is. George Washington, on two different occasions, one, one following the Revolutionary War, um, and then a second time following his, his, his second term, uh, which was, which was the, his limits of, of being president. Um, the people, we the people, tried to uh, uh, anoint George Washington king. Uh, they wanted, they, there was a, a good amount of people that wanted George Washington to be 
king. They didn't want him after his second term to be done. Um, He was a hero, a war hero, did amazing things. You you, you remember things of George Washington back in your school, you know, history, American history days. Um, But they wanted, the people wanted to make George Washington king. Now, as a man, as a person, really, he, he said no. No, that's not, we're, we're, a, we're a republic, and, and that's where we stand. We stand as, as a republic. This is about we the people. This is about distributing the, the power, not to a person, but to the people you know, of, of this nation, right? And so George Washington, on two different occasions, fought against what was, was probably very, very hard for, for, for me, for, for many of us, to, to, to say, you know what, I, instead of me hoarding all the power, instead of me taking all the power, I'm going to distribute the power to the people. And that rumor, you know, folklore, maybe it happened, we don't really know, but it got, this got back to King George III, and, and King George III heard that George Washington refused to be crowned king, right? And here's what, George, here's what King George III said. He's the greatest man in the world. He's the greatest man in the world. Anybody that can refuse that kind of power must be the greatest man in the world for him to be willing to dis- dis- distribute, distribute the power out. Um, if you saw the, the musical Hamilton, uh, the, 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 the guy that played uh, King George III in Hamilton said it this way, I wasn't aware that that was something a person could do. I love that line. I wasn't aware that that was something a person could do. Not take the power for themselves, not keep the power for themselves, but instead distribute the power to the people. This is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus wasn't starting a country. Jesus was starting a kingdom. Jesus wasn't starting a nation. Jesus was starting, you know, God's nation, the people of God's nation, the church. Jesus was, and this is exactly what Jesus did. He didn't just hoard all the power for himself. Jesus decided in order for this to work best, I must distribute the power to the people. And he started with a group of fishermen to do that. A group of fishermen to do that. And so today, for a few minutes, I want to talk about the four stages to follow. The four stages to follow, or the four stages, or, or, or the four steps to following Jesus and what Jesus did on this particular day that he began the process of distributing the power to start the kingdom of God, not necessarily a country, even though that's hard to do, to start the church, which is even more difficult, and he chose a group of fishermen to do it. Here's where the story begins, and we're going to look at four stages to follow as we go through the story. Now, it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, the lake of Gennesaret has multiple names. It's, it's the, the, the Sea of Tiberias is another name. So if you see that in your Bible, that's the, the same thing, Lake Gennesaret, uh, freshwater lake. Um, it also goes by, and maybe you're more familiar with this, the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. This is where, where, where mostly you know, is recognized and is, is by the name of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus is here, and he's on, on the beach, 
beach at, off of the Sea of Galilee or Lake of Gennesaret. And he's on the beach and he says that he was, there was a crowd because that's what Jesus did. He drew a crowd because people were you know, amazed and blown away by his teaching. They, it tells us in the Gospels that Jesus taught with one of authority. They, they, they heard him teach and they were like, this guy is from God. This guy is special. This guy is unique. This guy is amazing. And they wanted to hear what Jesus could do. Another reason why they, Jesus drew a crowd was Jesus sometimes did things for people, like heal them. And so they her word got around, you know, maybe her word got around that, you know, that Jesus healed uh, the mother-in-law of a guy by the name of Simon, uh, also known as Peter, which is, we're, we're going to look at that in a second. But word gets around that Jesus is healing people, so this is also drawing a great crowd. And they're pressing around him, and they're just listening to his words. He's the word of God. And people were standing by that lake on the beach listening to him teach. Now, first stage when it comes to being a follower of Jesus is we need to listen to the word. We need to listen to the word. This is the first stage. Now, with anything, with anything, listening is so important when it comes to learning. Listening is so important when it, uh, when it comes to content, when it comes to, you know, context, when it comes to explanation. You, anytime you need something explained to you or need something understood, it's so important to listen. This is why this moment right here and right here now is so important to listen. Why? Because I'm going to do my best to explain to you why it's so important to follow Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, and to receive from Jesus some of the responsibility of leading and being a part of this thing called the church. And a big part of that is listening to the word. This week, this week, we spent time, I told you, with 65 children, okay? And the thing that we did first in the morning was we would have some songs, and so Olivia and Hannah would get up, and they would dance around and sing some songs about God's love, and then I would get up, and I would, you know, t talk about God's love, and I tried to do that in, in the ways I could possibly think of that would best explain how incredible God's love is. I mean, I did the best I could. I, I, I had, you should, you should, I was like, somebody told um, Olivia, they thought that I was a magician because I just brought in different, ex, you know, experiments that, you know, that, that demonstrated some things that I thought would maybe teach a principle. I literally gave away 20 bucks to a kid just to try to explain to him how much God loves him. That that's how important it is for us to listen to the word of God. It's so important. It matters. It makes a difference. And it's so necessary, I, I, I believe, to come, you know, whether you're coming into the room or still watching from home. And, and I just think, me personally, this is just my opinion, I think that I'm better in person than on a, than on a screen. I also think there's less distractions in this room than, than maybe sitting at home. And so I, I would love to invite you back into the room. But so here's why. Not because you can listen to me, but I just want you to listen to the word of God. Me, I have nothing good to say. 
I'm going to try to make it interesting and practical and, and applicable and, and engaging. I'm going to do my best to try to do that. But where there's change, where there's change is in the word of God. And maybe that's just a, a step in the process of listening, listening, listening. So that why? Because that's how life works anyways, right? All of us need an explanation. And maybe for you, that's all you, you need to do right now. You don't need to do anything else other than just listen. Just listen to me or somebody else, and you can find so many different people, great people, people that, are, that do this better than I do, that will explain to you how important it is to follow Jesus. And we say this a lot around here. It's so important that following Jesus makes your life better, and it makes you better at life. And for you, it's just... Would you just be willing to listen? Would you just be willing to pay attention and listen to what God has for you? What God has for you. As a matter of fact, there's a cool story in the Bible of some guy who um, got a, a, the a book of Isaiah or the manuscript of, or, or some parts of Isaiah. And it says that he was reading, he was reading from Isaiah 53. And he was an Ethiopian. He was a treasurer for Queen Candace of Ethiopia. He was their, her treasurer. And, and so he was, got a hold of this manuscript from Isaiah. And it says, and Philip, God told Philip, a guy named Philip, to go and catch up to this Ethiopian who, who was heading back home. And, and, and so Philip does. Philip runs and catches up to his chariot. And, and Philip gets up to his chariot. And he notices that he's reading this manuscript from Isaiah. And he, and he looks at the Ethiopian and he says, he asks him this question. He he says, do you understand what you're reading? And you know what the Ethiopian's response was? No. How can I unless someone explains it to me? How can I unless somebody explains it to me? And so Philip's is like, well, now I'll explain it to you. And, then, and, and, you know, the Ethiopian's asking questions like, is this, who is this talking about? Is this talking about Isaiah or is this talking about somebody else? And it says that Philip preached to him Jesus. And Philip preached him Jesus, and he receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He puts his faith in Jesus, and then it says, the story goes on. You can find this in Acts 8, I think. 8 or 9, 8, I think. And so he says, he says they come up to some water. So he receives Jesus, and it says he comes up to some, some water, and, and, he, and the Ethiopian says to Philip, well, can I get baptized? And Philip's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, Today, do you want to get baptized? I'll get back to that. And so they get to some water and he baptizes them. I mean, what a st cool story. But listen, how did that happen? How did that happen? It happened because Philip just explained some things to him. And it's sometimes for us, it's just about listening to the word. Listening to the word. The story goes on, verse 2, says this. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. It says in the next verse, And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little distance from the land. And he sat down and he continued teaching the crowds from the boat. So stage number two, stage number two. Stage number one, listen to the word. Listen to the word. Stage number two, Loan out your boat. Loan out your boat. You're like, oh, good. I, this, this stage doesn't apply to me. I don't have a boat. This is great. I don't need this boat. Listen, here's what this means. 
This, here's, here's the application. Peter and, and others, it says they were fishing all night, right? They were fishing all night. And they're coming in, they're drying off their nets after fishing all night. You, you, gotta, you gotta know, he's a human being, he's tired, he's exhausted, he's, they've, they've been fishing all night. Now Jesus is coming and says, hey, hey, um, Simon, can you, can I get in your boat? Can you loan your boat? Can we go out a little distance? The crowd's getting big in the beach and area, and I just want to be able to, you know, use the acoustics of this cove that they were in, you know, and the mountains behind them. He says, I just want to be able to teach, continue to teach the word of God. Hey, Pete, hey Peter, Peter, Simon, would you, would you loan out your, your boat? And you know what this probably felt like for, for Peter? An inconvenience. It felt like an inconvenience. Anybody else ever feel like sometimes serving or, you know, showing up to something or giving to something can sometimes be an inconvenience? Do you ever think sometimes, like, I don't want to do it, I don't want to serve, I don't want to be a part of a, a group, I, I don't want to give any of my money? Why? Because it's kind of an inconvenience. We got um, a car donated to the church, and, um, and so I, I had a, a young lady uh, who was just going to get her driver's license, and um, her parents were, were struggling, wanting to get her a car, but they just weren't able to get her a car, and so God gave this car to the church, and I, so I, I called up um, this, this young lady. I said, hey, I got, I, got, I got a car for you. And she was like ecstatic. She's just crying on the phone. She's like, are you kidding me? You got, you got a car for me? I said, yeah, we got a car for you. And she goes, I just have to finish up a couple tests and then, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then, I, then I can have the car. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so she, and so she had a, a few things that she had to finish up. And, and so during that time, some, some other lady came and said, I need a car. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have a car. And, uh, and I was thinking about the car that I was going to give this girl. But I said, no. I said, no, I'm, I, I have a car, but I'm going to give it to this, this young girl. And uh, I said, we have, a, we have a van. We have a, a church van. Do you want to, you, you can use the church van for, for a few weeks if you want. And she goes, that would be great. That would be great. And so she used our church van uh, to, you know, to, to, to get to work uh, for, like, for like a month. And then another person came to us around that time and said, I need a car. I need a car. I need a car. And so I just felt bad for her. I said, listen, listen, you can use this car. You can use this car that we're giving to somebody else. You can use this car for like two weeks. Will that help you? She said, that would be perfect. I, I can use this car for two weeks, and then, and then I, I know that I can get something else after two weeks. But if I can use this for two weeks, that would be great. And so I said, okay, you can use this for two weeks. She takes the car. I get a phone call one evening. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I get a text message from one evening that says, the car is on fire. The car is on fire. This is the text message that I get. So I call her, and I said, though... What did, you, what did you, is there a typo? Like, was there autocorrect? Or, no, and she's crying. She goes, I went to, to just the, the, the library and I put, went into a parking spot and then another car pulled in next to it and while I was in the library, that other car blew up and caught the car on fire. 
And I said, well, what, what, what's going on? I mean, is it, is it drivable? She goes, no, it's completely melted. And at this time, she's taking pictures and sending me the, the, the car that's just in flames um, that I wanted to give to this girl that was going to get a license. Talk about inconvenience, right? So then that car is done. So now I'm telling this, this girl that, you know, I'm sorry, but I loaned it out. I was just going to loan it out for like two weeks. And, and, then, and then she was just going to give the car back and I was going to give it to you. But then I tell her, listen, I'll get, you, I'll get you a car. I'll get you a car. So I went and I had to find another car. We had to find another car to give to this girl. And so I have to go and I have to test drive all these cars because we don't want to give, you know, a new driver, a, you know, a crummy car car that's going to break down, right? What an inconvenience. What an inconvenience. And then, so then, mom, the mom is going, listen, um, you, you're going to have to go to the Secretary of State for us. I said, I don't want to go to the Secretary of State. You're going to have to go to the Secretary of State. They won't let us give, the, give you the car, or they won't you know, allow you, the church, to give us this car unless you sign off. So now I have to go to the Anybody hate going to the Secretary of State? While I'm at, so I get up early one morning. This is before COVID. This is before they started making appointments that you can't get until, you know, next year. While I'm at the Secretary of State, I'm in line. There's a long line. There's a long line of people. I don't know how many people, maybe 50 people in line, in line. I'm, I'm, I'm in the line because I have to be at Secretary of State because I have to sign over some paperwork to make sure that this girl can get her new car that I had to go look for and find to make sure that it was reliable and blah, 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 blah. The van, our church van, pulls up. You remember the van that I loaned out to the lady? Our church van pulls up at the Secretary of State while I'm in line. The lady gets out of the car and asks every single person in line. So remember, church van, it says Market Street Church on the side. We have a little magnet that says Market Street Church on the side. Pulls up in front of 50 people in the line of Secretary of State and says, Does anybody have a cigarette? Does anybody have a cigarette? And you know, everybody in the line's like, like. And then they look up and they see her get back into the Market Street Church van after she's trying to bum a cigarette from people in the Secretary you know, Secretary of State line. She gets back into the church van and everybody bursts out laughing. Market Street Church is trying to bum a cigarette from us at this. I mean, people are cracking up. People are cracking up. So then I speak up and say, you know what's funnier? I pastor that church. <laughs> and there was a roar of laughter. And people are going, are you serious? I go, yeah, I pastor that church. I said, and I, I, I explained to 50 people at the line at Secretary of State how this whole story of how I'm loaning out these cars in our church van to people. What an inconvenience. But really, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, sometimes God just says, I just want you to loan out some things. I want you to be inconvenienced. I want you to be inconvenienced. I want you to feel the inconvenience of sometimes the challenges of serving, being on a team. I want you to feel the inconvenience sometimes of giving regularly. 
I want you to feel the inconvenience of being a part of a community, a group of people that is encouraging, is learning from the word of God, hearing the word of God taught, and just being a part of that community. And listen, I know, I know, we're all busy. We're all busy. And I know it's such an inconvenience to, to show up and to come on Sunday morning or to come to a group or to give a little or be a part of a team. I get it, I get it. But this is a stage in the Jesus following process that is so important for us. Maybe you're just at a stage where you're just listening to the word, but I'm looking around in this room and I don't know who's watching from home, but maybe I'm looking around, I'm going, you, you, come on people, you, you're, you need to be, be past listening to the word, that's also important. You now gotta move into the loan your boat stage. It's time to be a little inconvenienced and loan your boat wherever you can. Make sense? Yeah. Goes on to say this in verse four. Now when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Verse five, Simon responded and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. We caught nothing, like we were, we were fishing, we're fishermen, that's what we do. We're in this business. And we, 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 we worked hard all night and, and, and nothing was happening. As a matter of fact, the reason why they would fish at, at night is because the fish would come up closer to the top of the water and they would just cast their nets out because that's where the fish were. But as they were putting their nets away, as they were drying their nets off, the sun is coming out now and the day is getting warmer and the fish go down where it's cooler. So at night, they're up towards the top of the water during the time you know, where, they're, where, where Jesus is now telling them, hey, let's go out a little bit deeper. Peter, as a fisherman, is going, we're not going to catch anything. Because you, maybe you're, you're a carpenter, you're not a fisherman. You, they're fit, the fish are down in the water. Our nets are not going to work for this. And, we, and we've worked hard all night and we've caught nothing. So stage number three is this. Let down your net. Let down your net. A little different. A little different. Let down your net. A little different. In other words, some of you, some of me, we, we need to keep doing what we're doing, but we need to do it a little different. You see, Peter was fishing all night. That's what they did. They fished at night because that's where the fish were, top of the water. That was normal. That's what fishermen knew to do. They didn't, they didn't do what Jesus asked Peter to do. They didn't do that because they knew they wouldn't catch anything because the fish were down deeper. And now Jesus is asking Peter, hey, let's go deeper and let's drop our nets there. And Peter's going, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. And sometimes Jesus starts with that. Jesus sometimes asks us to do things that in our minds they don't make a lot of sense or we don't get or we don't understand. And so sometimes that's what Jesus will ask us to do and it's part of the let down your net process and do it a little different. 
You see, what Jesus could have done, and he didn't, but what Jesus could have done is that Jesus could have given Peter this image. He could have given Peter this image. What he could have done and said, hey, Peter, one day, one day, this is going to be a a building, a, a space that is dedicated under your name. This is going to be a place, it's called St. Peter's Basilica. This is going to be a place where people are going to come and gather under your name and, and, and what you have done for the work of God. Jesus could have started that. He could have said, hey, Peter, look, listen, if you just do what I say, if you just do what I say and let down your nets, this is what's going to happen to you one day. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus started with the small things first. Jesus starts with the small things first. He started with the ordinary, run-of-the-mill, what Peter knew to do kind of thing first in order for him to begin to grow, 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 grow into a place where one day, today, this is a place that people recognize St. Peter. Peter who did amazing things for the work of God. But Jesus said, listen, it starts with the subtle moments. It starts with the little faithfulness in the mundane things of life first. It starts with the subtle things. And he says, verse, go back to verse 5. Look what he says. Simon responded and said, Master, we've worked hard and have caught nothing. And then look what it says. But I, I will do as you say. Lord, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. I don't understand. But because you say it, I'll do it. Because you said it, not because you had to show me a picture or an image of what, you know, what my life will become and how people will recognize my life one day, you know, 2,000 years later. Nope, nope. Jesus said, listen, listen. I asked you to do something, and you should do it. And Peter's response was, I will do. I will do as you say. And I will let down the nets. Even though I don't think the fish are going to be there because they're down in the water. They're not going to be there. And we, we tried. I tried the spot. I was in the spot once already, Jesus, last night. And I caught nothing. Do you remember me telling you that I caught nothing? Remember that? <laughs> Sometimes it just starts with the small things. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather have a million dollars today or a penny that doubles every day for 30 days? And maybe you already know this, 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 the answer to this. But listen, most of us, if you didn't know the answer to, you know, compound interest, right? If you didn't know how compound interest works, right? Which is what Albert Einstein says is the eighth wonder of the world, compound interest. Um, you, all of us would be tempted to say, give me a million dollars right now. Give me a million dollars right now. Because a penny that doubles every day, but you know what happens with a penny that doubles every day? The doubling penny, at the end of 30 days, you get $5.3 million. And this is ultimately what God wants us to do. God says, listen, I want you to take a penny a day, penny a day, double, pay t- penny a day, double, because God's in the business of compound interest. God's in the business of multiplication. That's what God's in the business of doing. God's in the business of producing fruit in your life that, 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 is, that, is, that multiplies, that multiplies. That God wants to do this in you. And sometimes it just starts with a little faith. It just starts with a little faith. Saying, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't get it, I don't understand how it works, but if you say it, God, 
I'll do it. If your word says it, God, I'll do it. Do you know the guys that followed Jesus? You know, they, they didn't have big faith at all. They had little faith, very little faith. At the end of Jesus' time on earth, you know, three and a half years have gone by, somebody earned the reputation for his lack of faith. We know him as Doubting Thomas. He, he spent three plus years with Jesus, and at the end, he's going, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. If I see him with holes in the hand, I can touch him and this and that. I don't know, maybe. Je Listen, Jesus followers, here's the good news. God can use you. God wants to use you with even just a little faith. You don't have to have big faith. You can still be like, I don't know. Okay, God. I don't know if I understand it, but you say it, I'll do it. I don't know if I can really make sense of it, but you said it, I'll do it. You told me to do it, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. And that doesn't take a lot of faith. That just makes, that's just a decision for you to decide, hey, I, listen, I'm, I don't have to have all my you know, questions answered. But if he says to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to let down my net. I'm going to let down my net. Goes on, verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to tear. How cool is that? I mean, this is what God wants to do in your life. This is the picture that God, Jesus is wanting to give to all of us. Hey, when you do what he says to do, when you do what he says to do, even though you just have a little bit of faith, even though it maybe starts with a small thing, a subtle thing in your life, man, I'm telling you, God wants to bring about great quantities of his blessing into your life, into your boat, to, to, to the point of, man, you've got to like bring people over to help you carry the blessings that God wants to do in your life. You get to the point where, man, your blessing net is beginning to break. And it just begins with, you say it, I'll do it. You say it, I'll do it. And it says, it goes, in verse 7, it says this. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both of the boats to the point that they were sinking. This really happened. And this is Jesus going, hey, listen, even though you only have a little faith, I want to give you Big faith. Even though you only have a little faith, I want to show you my faithfulness. It just takes a little faith to say, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I'm going to do it because you said to do it. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find his faithfulness in your life. You're going to find his faithfulness in your life. This is the response then. Look, this is the, the natural response of what happened to Simon Peter. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. He's like, Lord, oh my goodness. Like you, I did just exhibited a little bit of faith and I dropped my nets where I didn't think it was going to work. And then you just overwhelmed me with your blessing and you 
filled up my boat and I had so much, I needed other people's help to put the fish in and the, the nets were breaking and, 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 it, and it came to the realization, it came to the realization for Peter, whoa, he's something different. He's something different. And I know who I am now because I see who he is now. And you know what the amazing thing about this is? Here's the amazing thing. Following Jesus doesn't require you and me to be perfect. Following Jesus doesn't require you and I to be perfect. It doesn't at all. As a matter of fact, being a sinner is a prerequisite. If being a sinner and, and, and being, uh, trusting Jesus with even a little bit of faith is a prerequisite. He's going, come on, come on. You don't have to be perfect. He already knows we're not. He already knows we're not. He, Peter didn't have to tell Jesus that he was a sinful man. He already knew it. He already knew it. So for us, man, wow, we should be like, and, and, and as a result of that, knowing that, that Jesus uses people like us, sinners. He uses people that aren't perfect, that no one can, you know, have too many struggles or battles or issues or addictions that, and be outside of the love of God, outside of the purposes of God. That God uses people like us. That God, that Jesus on that beach could have been so tempted like George Washington to keep all the power. And to look at Peter and go, oh, I don't want to give any to him. I don't want to give any responsibility to him. And look at all these other guys out there. Oh, my goodness, no way. I'm keeping it for myself. Jesus could have done that, but instead he said, no, 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 no. No, I'm going to take him out, and I'm going to spend some time relationally with him, and I'm going to invest in him, and I'm going to pour my life into him, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to take him deeper. I'm going to take him deeper. So that I can give away this incredible responsibility to the people of God. It says, for amazement, verse 9, for amazement had seized him and all his companions because he was of the, of the catch of fish which they had, they had taken. So it'd be like if I decided, does anybody want to see any fireworks? Some of you want to see, okay, okay. Well, I got, w w would this make anybody afraid? Yeah, probably. Like, if I decided, if I decided to take, take the, open this up and, and grab my, my lighter and start lighting these things up, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? Me, what would it, I'm, I would build, burn the building down. Because me letting off fireworks would make you afraid and amazed, and you would say, go away from me. Wouldn't it? Like, if I decided, hey, I'm going to light these things up in the room, you know what you'd be like? You'd be like, go away from me, man. I'm out of here. And you would be both afraid and amazed. Afraid and amazed. This is how they felt that day in the boat after the catch. They were afraid. Whoa. He's. He's God. And I'm not. He's holy. And I'm a sinner. 
and they revered him. And amazement seized them because of who he is. And for all of us, I hope, I hope you get to this place where you start to let down your nets and to start seeing Jesus for who Jesus is. That we should revere him because he's holy. He's the almighty. He's your creator. And be amazed at what he can do in your life what he can do. And it doesn't take a lot of faith, right? It doesn't take a lot of faith. It just takes a little faith to say, I will do what you say. I don't understand it. I don't get it. And a lot of times it's an inconvenience. But I will do what you say. The story goes on and says this in verse 10. And likewise also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, which is what I want to say to you. I'm not going to let these on, I'm not going to set these on fire. Do not fear. Do not fear. He says, from now on, you will be catching people. From now on, you'll be catching people. Because like I said earlier, being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from being ignited and launched. It's a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite. God's looking at Peter going, yeah, I know you're a sinner, but I'm still gonna ignite you and I'm still gonna launch you out. Because this is going out to the people so that they can be amazed at how great God is. It says in verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So fourth stage in this, and we're going to pick this up next week, the fourth stage in this, leave everything and follow Jesus. Leave everything and follow Jesus. What, did, what, did, what does that mean? What does that mean? Here's what I think it means. Leave everything because sooner than later, you'll leave behind everything. In other words, don't fall in love with this world. Don't make much of this world. I know it's, in, it's enticing, it's intriguing, it's, it, it, it gives us a, a false sense of fulfillment and, and purpose, but Jesus is saying, listen, listen, where you find your fulfillment and where you find your purpose is not in these things of this world because eventually you're going to leave everything. Sooner than later, you're going to leave everything and you'll leave behind everything. Nothing in this world that you accumulate, nothing in this world that you fall in love with, you'll be able to take with you. This is just temporary. And so Peter got on back onto the beach along with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and said, hey, we don't need all that fish. We don't even need our boats, and we don't even we worry about drying our nets. We're following him. 
We're following him. Oh, they could have made a ton of money on all that fish that they caught. They could have been set for life, but they left all of it to rot, to follow him. This is for all of us. Leave everything. What things? I don't know. Everything. In other words, don't make much of anything here. Because sooner or later, we're going to leave behind everything. I was going to light a sparkler, but I ran out of time (laughs) to show you how quickly life goes by. But when you're lighting a sparkler tonight, think about how quickly our life goes by. And many people in this room can already tell me better than I can tell me, tell me better than, I don't even know what that means. Many people in this room can tell me how quick life goes. You know that it's like a vapor, right? It's here one minute. It's like a sparkler. It goes quick. It goes quick. It's just temporary. It's just temporary. Anybody want to get baptized? Any takers? Don't look down. That's all right. Okay. Maybe some other time, if you haven't already. I know it's the fourth. We got places to be. Grab a cupcake on your way out, but let's pray together. Father, ah, first step, get baptized. Pray if there's somebody here that hasn't, they will. Next is just listening to your word. It's about just sometimes being inconvenienced. It's about letting out down our nets, doing something that we normally do, but just a little different. Just putting a little faith and trust in you. And then it's just understanding that we should leave everything because sooner than later, everything will just be left. And all we'll have is just you. Just you. So, Father, I just pray that us here in this room or those that are watching, listening, whenever they're listening or watching, that they start to make some decisions to follow you. Even when they don't understand it, even when they don't get it, and even when it's inconvenient. That they just say, if you say it, you said it, I'll do it. I'll do it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Fourth of July. Grab a cupcake on the way out. God bless you.